Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Your friend. 
When our homes are held by heartbreak, let your presence meet us there. When the pain seems overwhelming, we hold on to The streets are torn by chaos. We will be your hands and feet. When the darkness brings division, may we be your light. We know our world needs Jesus and we know our world needs freedom so give us eyes to see the hurting and the broken let our lives align with every word you say when the nations ache from violence We will be your blessed peace When the headlights scream injustice May we shout your name Cause we know our world needs Jesus And we know Give us eyes to see the hurting and the broken. Let our lives align with every word you say. Let every heart Turn to Jesus and let every voice sing of your great name. Let all the earth know your freedom. We believe for more. Declare that. So let every heart turn to Jesus. Let every voice sing of your great name. Let all the earth know your freedom. We believe for more. We believe for more. Because we know our world needs Jesus. Let our lives align. Let our lives align with every word you say. And I know 
this heart needs healing So from my knees I lift this prayer to you, my Savior For my life and for the world, you're the answer, Jesus morning everyone. I'd just like to say a few words before we take communion together. I'm going to start by reading Matthew 25, 1 through 13. At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with them, to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So during this time of communion, I'd just like everyone to meditate not only on Christ's sacrifice and the power it's given us to overcome sin, but also the promise that he made to return and how important it is that we are all awake and willing to follow when he does. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this time that you've given us to grow closer together and uh, to you. I pray that you would wake us up and renew our relationship with you. I thank you for your sacrifice and your promise to return. Amen.
Uh, good morning. My name is Daryl, and I'm the pastor here at Arbor Bridge. Um, thanks for thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. Thanks to uh, Leith and Johannes for uh, leading us in worship. Uh, thanks to Chris for his uh, his communion thoughts. Uh, Super grateful when I get to get to take in or listen to other people talk about the Lord and experience that. It's super, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing. So thank you for thank you for that. Um, I wanted to bring up if you're a member of our church family and you'd like to see her flourish and continue, I'd like to ask you or to to pray about investing in her. Um, you can invest financially at arborbridgechurch.com forward slash give. Um, you can also give through, uh, through the mail at twenty five hundred South Main Street. And if you're here in person, you can, uh, you can give by giving in the, uh, the, the white uh, box in the lobby. I also want to bring up to you that during the month of October, um, we're, we're planning on asking, or we're, we're asking you to participate in something that we call the Big Give. And at, at Arbor Bridge, a Big Give is basically specific times during the year where we, uh, we give towards a specific cause or a specific person. Um, sometimes there's a specific need in our church family. <clears throat> During this month, we're asking you to invest in the ministry of a missionary named Keith Gaffner. Um, Keith is, is the white dude between all those black folks. Uh, <laughs> super great guy. Uh, Keith and his wife, Grace, who is next to him, uh, are missionaries in Kenya. Keith's been there for, for like 30 years. Um, and he became a Christian uh, um, at this church and he was baptized here. So uh, we'd like to, to invest in the work that he's doing. So um, I, I, want, I want to share this a uh, little bit from this article um, from 2008. Uh, so before I go on and referring to Keith's ministry. So off and on, I didn't know this, but off and on there's been like tribal war in Kenya um, dating back to the, to the 90s most, re- most recently. So I want to I share a portion of this, um, this article from 2008 that's describing what was going on at the time. Um, it says this, uh, <clears throat> the country's latest post-election trouble spot is um, Nakuru, um, about 90 miles uh, northwest of Nairobi, where gangs from rival tribes have, been, have burned hundreds of homes, stoned motorists, and hacked dozens of people with machetes. The local morgue was overrun with burned, mutilated bodies. Local news media put the death toll as high as 41. Uh, it's a tribal war, said uh, David Nakuria, 42, um, a, a Nakuru soda vendor and father of four. We've had tribal clashes before, but I've never seen anything like this. Shops are closed. Children are scared. People won't go outside. Keith was there during that time, um, during that time frame. And his response um, to all of this terrible, you know, the, the fighting going on between each other was to teach people farming. Um, it was, it was to say uh, people were often when they're fighting, they're fighting because lack of resources, uh, they don't have a job or they don't have a place to live or, you know, and they're, they're fighting over the best places to live and the best jobs and the best resources. And so Keith was trying to come up with ways to give them more resources, um, and give them, you know, give them a way to take their, uh, all their energy off the fighting they were doing. Super awesome. Um, super awesome. Uh, the, the, the fight over, over resources, he steps right into, and I think that's awesome. Um, and it's powerful. That's who we're supporting. Um, you can see more about Keith's ministry, the Gaffner's ministry, by going to arborbridgechurch.com forward slash Keith. 
Um, you can also invest in his ministry by um, going to uh, arborbridgechurch.com forward slash give. Um, there'll be a drop down menu where you have to choose which fund you want to give to. And the fund um, that's named Keith Gaffner is that's for him. Uh, I'd like I'd like uh, I'd like us to hit the goal of twenty five hundred. Our, our leadership set the goal of twenty five hundred by the end of this month. So pray about what uh, God would have you invest in Keith's ministry uh, after this after this week. There'll be two more weeks where I'll be talking about that and putting it in front of you, um, and then uh, then we'll be done. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to bring up to you. Um, this, most of you guys know that during the Michigan football games, uh, we we charge fans to park their cars during the football game. Um, so. That money we use, we, you know, it goes to help our church exist and continue, be what it's supposed to be here in our community. So a team of volunteers uh, parked cars here for us yesterday uh, from our church family. Um, so uh, Bree and Josh, Roya, Jared, Tim, Hannah, Alex, and Sharon, uh, they raised $3,700 for us, a little bit more than that yesterday. Um, so thank you to them. Uh, it was cold, uh, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm it down back there. Uh, yeah, it was cold out. It was cold to me. Um, but I, obviously you guys know I'm always cold, but I, I'm super grateful for them. Thank you for that. Uh, next game is October 29th. I think there's one more spot for that day. So you can sign up for that at arborbridgechurch.com forward slash football. Uh, that'll take you to a sign up genius where uh, you'll be able to, uh, to sign up for that. Um, let, me, uh, let me pray before I share my message today. Uh, dear Father, thank you for, uh, thank you for the verses that uh, Chris shared um, and the, the call that that story is in regards to being ready, being ready for your return. We can't wait. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so I've shared with some of you guys before um, that once when I was a kid, uh, my mom uh, was leaving the house. And before she left, she gave my brother and I chores. And she uh, told us not to go outside until she got back. So after she left, uh, I, did, I, did, you know, I spent a fair amount of time uh, looking longingly out of my window across the street. My friends were playing in the sprinkler. Um, and after doing that for a while... I reasoned that I could go outside and play in the sprinkler with my friends and get back to the house and do the, do my chores before, um, before my mom got back. So I go out there and I'm playing with my friends and you know how like in kid mind or kid world, how like one hour feels like five seconds. Um, so it wasn't very long, um, before I'm out there playing and I see my mom pulling into the driveway and I'm like, dear God, no. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was just a horrible feeling. It was a horrible feeling. And when it happened, you know what I wished? I wish I had stayed inside. I wish I had done my work. I wish I had stayed inside and I wish I had done my work. And it was too late. It obviously, it was too late for all of that now. It was too late for all of that now. My friends, um, Jesus followers, it won't be very long before a very, very, very great day comes. 
And it's a day when all the sacrifices you've made, all the work you've done, all the time you've put in, all those things, all the effort that you've put in for the kingdom of God is going to be rewarded. And I know it doesn't feel like it's, it feels like that's far away. It feels like that now because the days feel long and our responsibilities feel hard and it just, The days are long, but the years are short. And before you know it, it'll be here, it'll be here. So when Jesus was on earth, um, he, he told this series of stories about what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And Chris shared one of those stories, um, which is perfect. Uh, it, it's, it's this story um, where the, the summary is basically this. The summary is basically this. Don't grow weary while doing good. Because in due season, you're going to reap if you don't lose heart, if you don't give up. That was a summary. of So I'll share another one of the stories um, from that section. It says this. Jesus says, again, it will be, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So I'm going to come back to that story in just a second. Um, but I want to be honest with you and just say, and those of you guys who know me, I love to be praised. I love to get the glory. Um, if you've ever done the, the, um, the, the love languages test, um, words of affirmation are, are my, is my love language. I love to be acknowledged. I love it. I love it. So, Imagine if you walk into a room, you walked into a room with the most in, important people, the most influential people on earth. You know, whoever, you know, imagine specific people, whoever that would be for you. Who are the most influential, most important people on earth? A room full of those kinds of people. Imagine walking into the, that room. I mean, most of us would, would, would try to, be unnoticed or you fly under the radar. We'd be intimidated. We'd be like, oh my goodness, this is, these are some important people in here. I don't want to say anything stupid. Jesus followers. It will not be very long. It will not be very long before we're walking into a place containing the most important person in the universe. And in that moment, you might, you might want to fly under the radar or you might, you might not want to be seen or you, may, you might feel intimidated. In that moment, 
he is going to glorify you. He's going to glorify you. Which sounds weird, right? I mean, you know, why would you want to, why would he glorify me? Because we're in heaven and we're supposed to be glorifying him. And I get that, I get that, I get that. But um, he's going to glorify you. And because he's so, so good. The Bible says this about this. Listen, Seth. Those he called, he justified. And then those he justified, he glorified. He glorified. When we say glorify, what we really, what we typically mean is honor or give weight to. Um, there are certain people in our lives that we give, we give weight to what they say, or we give weight, weight to their, their inter, our interaction with them. When they say something, it, it means something to us because of their, uh, our relationship or their accomplishments or their position. Um, we give, you know, we give honor. We give this glory. We give this weight to those people. Um, the, the, the Bible teaches that one day Jesus will give that kind of glory to us, to us. And maybe the closest thing, maybe the closest thing that, that, that we could think about to try to make this, you know, to try to make sense of this is, you know, that moment when you've worked really hard on something, maybe at work or maybe at home, you've put a lot of time and thought and effort. You put your heart into this thing. You put your heart and soul into it and your boss or your client or your parent or your family, they, they, they see what you've done. They say, that, that's incredible. And you know, they're not just saying, they have that look on their face where you know, they're not just saying it. They're not just giving you the compliment. They, they, they have the, whoa, you that was amazing. That's worth a million dollars. That's worth a million dollars. My wife and I, um, you know, we, we've tripped and stumbled and made mistakes raising our kids. Um, we've invested, but we've, we've invested our lives. We've invested our lives in raising our children. We try to do our best, um, and occasionally, occasionally, you guys or somebody, they'll come up to us and say, you know what, you got your kids. There's something. Or, or our kids will, will say to us something like, you know, I've been experiencing, you know, what it's like out there in life and with other people's families, and we're just so grateful. In that moment, all the work, all the sacrifice, it's hearing that is like a, it's worth a billion dollars. It's just, it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Back to this story. After what seems like a long time, the master's going to come and he's going to glorify you and me by saying this. Well done. Good job. That was it. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want you to think about what it's going to be like hearing that from him. Well done. You did it. I, 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 
it just seems like that's going to be the ultimate. And, and don't misunderstand. It, it won't be, he won't be saying like your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. Well done. Or he won't be saying, you know, you've done lots of good, really, really good things. He, he won't be saying that. What he'll be saying is you did what you were, you did what I asked you to do. Well done. You did what I, what, what I put in front of you. Great job. That's, that's what I was asking for. Well done. And then he'll say this. And then he'll say this. Come and share your master's happiness. One, uh, one version says, says, you know, says this verse like this. He says, come and share your master's joy. Enter the joy of your master. Imagine this. Imagine this. Parents sacrifice so much to raise their children. If you're, if you're a child of a parent, I'd love for you to do this. Go back to your parents and say this. I am so grateful for what you sacrificed to raise me. I am so... It, such a blessing because I know, I know that you've had to give up much in order, in order to thank you so much for what you have sacrificed. I, I know it. I see it. I'm, I'm. And again, if you, don't, if, if you don't have kids, you don't know. Unreal. Unreal. It, what a blessing. What a blessing. It be, it's, it's, it's such joy if it happens, if that happens, is a, is, is a parent going to say, you know, dang it, I wish I hadn't invested so much in my kids. Of course not. The things that the parent sacrificed seem like nothing now. And in fact, they say, I'd do it again. I would do it again. When Jesus expresses the idea that one day we're going to hear the words, come and share your master's happiness, enter the joy of your master, um, we can hardly imagine what he means. But um, one thing, one thing that he has to mean is that we're, he's going to expand our ability or our capacity for joy. Like you, you and I, we, we think we know what joy means now. He is going to like we've never known and it will be our master's joy one pastor expresses it this way he says imagine putting a a Boeing 757 engine into a smart car clearly that can't happen the car doesn't have the capacity to harness all the power from that engine But what if there was a way for the car to be expanded so that you could put that engine in? It it would clearly have to be a completely different vehicle. It had to be a completely different thing. What I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you, when he says, come into your master's joy, he's inviting you to experience the kind of joy that you and I, these bodies, they don't even know about yet. They don't even know about yet. And it begins with him saying this, well done. Yes. Yes. 
when that happens, any and all the sacrifices you've made will seem like nothing. They'll seem like nothing. And you, you, might, you might even be willing to say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I might even do that again. You need me to do it again? You need me to do it again? That will be our ultimate graduation day. So a few weeks ago, I introduced the concept um, that teachers of all kinds prepare their students for a graduation day. A day when, when they finish their time in school and they're prepared for their next steps in life. Um, so our church leaders want you to be prepared. We want to teach you and strengthen you towards this ultimate graduation day. Ultimate graduation day is this day I've been describing to you today. Um, It's a day when all the sacrifice and the work pays off. And Jesus Christ, who who has called you and has justified you, will glorify you. We want you ready. We want you ready for that day. And not, not, obviously, more importantly, God wants you ready. So that day when my mom comes home, I was not ready. I was not ready. My work wasn't finished. I'd goofing off doing my own thing. That will not be you. That will not be you. That will not be you. In my relationship with God, um, even though I'm called this child, I still I, I tend to think of my life as my own. Um, and, and when I think like that, I tend to think, okay, well, a little bit of my money um, belongs to God, but the rest is mine. Um, or a little bit of the, the, the time that I have belongs to God, but the rest is for me to do as I please. Um, so when, when I think like this, I tend to think, well, um, I can go out and play. And before, uh, before time's up, I can get back and, and finish my work um, before the graduation day. For those of us who follow Jesus, though, obviously we know it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Um, I want each of you to be able to, to say, um, one of my favorite verses, I want, I want each of you to be able to say, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do here on earth. I brought you glory here on earth by finishing the work you've gave me to do. And in order for that to happen, in order for that to you, we can't have divided lives. In order for that to happen, we can't live for his kingdom and ours. It, it, to finish the work, we have to be focused. It has to be a measure of, of urgency. When my mom, my mom gave me the job before she left, I had no urgency about it. When Jesus tells this story, he says, the man who, who, uh, the man who had, had received five bags of gold, he went at once and put his money to work. And first, let me say this. When it says put his money to work, it feels like um, when we hear that here, it feels like, oh, he invested the money. That's not what it meant then. What it meant then is more similar to what we would think about if someone gave you a bunch of money and you invested it in a company that you were starting. And anyone who's ever started anything, any kind of company, you know, when you start a company, it owns you. It's so much work. That's closer That's closer to what he means when he says this here. But second, I love his urgency. He says, it says he went at once. The Bible says a wise man prays this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A pastor and author Rick Warren says that we count what's valuable to us. I've shared with you guys before, before I was in this role, I was a youth minister. And one of the things that they, in youth ministry 101, they tell you over and over and over again, when you, when you go on a trip, you got to count your kids. 
So when we would li- we get in this bus, we get we'd be here at the building. We get in a bus. We say, "How many kids we got? We count them up. We got thirty. We go. We we leave. We stop at a gas station. We stop at a rest stop. We stop anywhere we stopped. And where anyone got off the bus, okay. Before we go, we counted because it mattered. God teaches us to number our days because they matter. And clearly, we don't all know how, how, how much time we have, but because we don't know how much time we have, that lends itself to, I'm not sure how much time I have, so we got to get this done. I'm not sure how much, how much more time I have, so let's get, let's get busy doing it. Teach us to number our, our days means help us not to act like we've got all the time in the world. Help us not to act like we have all the time in the world because we don't. Help us to act like that with that urgency that says, man, I want to bring God glory on earth by finishing the work he's given me to do. And I know, I know I don't have time to do both. I know I don't have time to live for me and live for him. I've got to pick. I've got to pick. When my mom left me that day, um, I didn't number my days. I wasn't measuring the time I had. I assumed I had... I got all the time in the world to do what I want and to finish. But I didn't. If we do that in this life, we will not finish the work God has for us to do here. We have to act with urgency. So in the same section as a, as a story that, that Chris and I have shared today so far, Jesus tells another story that illustrates the urgency that he wants us to act with. And listen to this. Jesus says this. I, I could... Feel the urgency when he's saying this. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would, not, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him who then is the is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns truly i tell you he he will put him in charge of all his position, possessions But suppose the servant is wicked and says to himself, my servant is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of, and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can you sense the urgency Jesus is expressing here? He's saying, keep watch and be ready. He's going to come when you don't expect. Come on, come on. There's no time for living for your kingdom and his. You've got to be ready. You've got to, he's going to come when you, you've got to pick. He illustrates, he illustrates what we're like when we live for our own kings, when he talks about the servant who beats his fellow servants and he eats and drinks with drunkards. And so, and I've, we talk about this all the time. When I read stuff like that in the Bible, I'm like, he's not talking about me. 
But what I, I think he speaks extreme to really talk about all of us when he's, he's saying, listen, people, people who beat the servants are just, are, are just people who live selfishly, who use other people for themselves. People who eat and drink with drunkards are just people who live for their appetites. They don't measure their days. Also, notice that instead of, instead of that, he says, the servant is supposed to be giving the other servants food at the proper time. That was, this is their job. This is their job. That's our job, right? That's the job. That's the job. So when Jesus is talking to one of his closest servants, Peter, um, he asked Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? And when Peter says yes, Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. That's the job. That's the job. It'll cost you everything. Don't be just concerned with feeding yourself. Feed my followers. Third, notice, notice that again, he mentions the reward when he says, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, I'll put him in charge of all my possessions. Um, so when I read this, I can hardly start to think about any you know, possessions. I think about money and real estate and stuff. Um, and the Lord you know, owns everything. And so maybe he means that too. Maybe he means that too. But certainly, certainly, the Lord's best possessions isn't money. can't be because in this country we all own so much but we don't have any peace we all have so much but we can't hold on to joy I'm holding on for that day because I think when he says to me well done come and enjoy your master's best possession he's saying come share your master's joy joy that's that's beyond the capacities that I have to understand or experience now that's exciting. That's exciting. And it's, it's looking forward to that that I think can strengthen us now. The Bible teaches this. The joy of the Lord is my what? My strength. I tend to think like that um, the joy, the, the, my strength is in my discipline. Discipline of Daryl is my strength. Or being really good, the joy of the Lord, the, the idea of one day he's going to say, well done. Come enjoy master's, come and show your master's joy. The idea of that coming, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's what gives me strength to say, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can keep moving. I can keep walking. I can keep coming. Okay. So let me bring this up to you. Our church leaders um, have been talking, you know, we've been talking for months before we brought it up to you, but like um, we've been talking about the idea of how we can do that together. How, how can we learn to do what God's called us to do in regards to feeding his servants, feeding one another. 
our first step is to invite you into these fall gatherings where we talk together about how, 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 have, we be, how have we been fed in the past? Let's talk, about, let's talk together about people who invested in our lives in the past and what that was like and what those contexts were like. Let's talk about those things together. So these dates, um, October 30th, November 2nd, October 6th, we would love for you to come to one of these, you know, to, to a small gathering where uh, we, we have those meetings um, all in a row, all in that one week. So for example, my wife and I, we are hosting one of those gatherings. There's three different ones you can go to. Um, you would come to our house on the 30th after worship service from like whatever, 12 to 1, like then uh, we'll, we'll have a small gathering then, and then we'll invite you back on that Wednesday, um, November 2nd, from like 7 to 8 that day. Love for you to be a part of that. And then invite you back again on November 6th, after the worship service from like 12 to 1 again. And then those conversations are all built around us learning together, how can we get to the finish line and have Jesus say, you know what, Wow. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You accomplished what I asked you to do. It will not happen by accident. It will not happen by accident. Nobody gets to any place great by accident. You get there with intentionality. This is a part of that. We want you to experience that. So my wife and I are hosting a group. My friends John and Robin are hosting a group. My friend Chris, who was just up here, um, who did communion, uh, he's hosting a group. Uh, love for you to, to pick one of those and, and go to it. Uh, so my group will be at my house. John and Robin's group will be at uh, their house. Uh, if you guys, some of you guys know Brittany and Reese Mackin, um, they'll be hosting Chris and uh, Keegan's group. Um, it's important that you be a part of it as a part of our church family. And I understand some of you guys can't always, you, know, you can't maybe use that. I, I, I could be there for these two days, but I've got something, a conflict on Wednesday. That's fine. But I'm just inviting you to be a part of it. And then RSVP with one of these guys to let, let them know. So let, let, me, let me bring up to you this. Um, if you're not on our church email list, uh, I invite you to, to, to get on that. And one of the ways that you can do that is go to the bottom of any page of our website and reach out and say, hey, put me on the email list. And then you'll get this, this piece of information this week. And it will show you basically how to get in contact with, uh, with one of us to RSVP for these groups. If you have any questions, if I haven't been clear, please, uh, please come up and talk with me. Let me say this as we, uh, before I dismiss you. Let me say this. When my mom's pulling in and I, I'm seeing her car, it's too late. I hate that feeling uh, in life where, you know, you've made these decisions and now the thing, the thing that you want most or the thing that you want, you can't have it. I mean, it's, you can't go back. It's too late. It's, we, were, we are all, the, you know, when we get to heaven, there's lots of things we're going to be able to do. But there are some things we will not be able to do. 
investing in people, knowing Christ and knowing him better, our opportunity is now. Let us finish the work that he's given us to do. I invite you to be a part of that conversation of how we can do it best. I'm looking forward to that. Let me pray together and then uh, you'll be dismissed. Dear Father, I pray that every person who's hearing me speak, certainly every person in this room, will have a moment with you where you tell them, well done. Come enjoy your master's happiness. And where they'll be able to say, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. We understand that's the ultimate graduation day. And it's not going to happen. We won't be ready for it by accident. Help us as a church family to be ready together for that moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.